Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA Radio wherever they get their podcasts. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome along to Road America. We are ready to go green for our next session, which is the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. It is the second free practice session uh, that we've had for these cars today. So this is the second and final free practice session. It's the one where we split it up and we have 15 minutes and then the big lump in the middle, which is all skate, and then 15 minutes uh, at the end. Jeremy Shaw is alongside me, John Hindorf in the IMSA Global Broadcast Centre, and Shea Adam will be the next voice you hear. She's in the pit lane as we're live from Trackside. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Things have heated up both on the track and in the paddock as far as we are concerned because we have had a lunch break, but no shortage of work going on. Now, we had a couple of cars that saw some damage in the first practice session. Let's start with the number six Porsche. That one was nose damage uh, when Matthew Gemini was behind the wheel. I think it was between turns two and three. That car did make it back to the garage. It was up on the high stands. That is not out on the pit lane yet because this is that weird session where the first 15 minutes are reserved for the non-pro cars only i.e the cars running in lmp2 lmp3 and gtd whereas the last 15 minutes will be for the pro cars only gtp and gtd pro so that car is not yet sitting on the pit lane but we also have two other cars that had significant strife and neither of them are out either the number 35 tds lmp2 machine driven by guido vandegarda suffered severe damage just at the exit of the carousel that car is back in its garage i did see guido i checked in with him he's okay he's a bit sore but he said he was just a passenger for that one the other car that we are missing is the number 78 lamborghini that's the forte racing powered by usrt that car is not going to race again this weekend they did find a spare car so now begins the very long process for all those mechanics and my heart goes out to them because they've got to grab every salvageable thing off of the old car and put it on the new car to send it through tech it's definitely not going to be out for this practice session which means that the first time that they are going to get to shake down that car john will be during qualifying tomorrow oh, wow. and once you leave the pit lane you do not get to come back in and make adjustments so that will be a very long uphill climb for them the good news though this is not a first track appearance for Loris Spinelli he ran here last year I think it was with Winward actually in a different championship and got a race win so he knows his way around Road America but for Misha Goikberg and Loris Spinelli it's a long weekend ahead yeah yeah you got to fail for it when you have problems uh, early on but all of these teams pretty impressive All of these teams, pretty impressive groups of individuals and 
uh, not afraid of hard work. Teams already beginning to line up at pit exit on um, what is a lovely afternoon. The wind has dropped. It's still blowing straight down the front straight, so it's a tailwind into turn number one. And uh, just waiting for the green flag and the green light, which is just a moment or two away. Good to have your company uh, both here at the circuit, 87.9 FM. We'll have Sirius XM 207 on Sunday for the race on Sunday morning. It is here. And, of course, around the world on RS2, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. Green flag is in the air. And Aaron Tielitz going out into the fast lane. May have been just a little bit close to... Was that Ashton Harrison's car there, Shay, that he was close to as he came out in the uh, in the Lexus? It was, and Ashton actually jamming on the brakes, getting full lockup for her Acura NSX to not ram into the side of Aaron. He has the first GTD Pipex on the lane by dint of sharing uh, GTD Pro car entry, so they have the ideal box, but Aaron, that should definitely be an unsafe release. Uh, a very heads up by Ashton to avoid contact between two cars that had contact with each other at Sebring International Raceway. Oh uh, yes, good point, well remembered. So, early moments uh, in this session. Uh, this is the one hour and 45 minutes from flag, uh, initial green flag to the final checkered flag. But for the first 15 minutes, it's the Pro-Am categories that are out there. So, we do not have GTD Pro or the GTP cars out on the circuit. Everyone else is out there, which makes for quite a busy track. High-class racing just slowing down. High-class racing doing their best BMW impression this weekend with a mostly white car with red and blue on it, which uh, almost caught me out earlier on. Used to seeing uh, their prototype with uh, far more red on that car and uh, circulating at the moment also another great colour scheme for the number 29 out on the circuit and that is Joy uh, Kark who is in that car at the moment. So, Jeremy Shaw. Let's, fingers crossed, hope for a session where we get some longer runs, because goodness me, the drivers need it. I was talking to a number of them. Uh, we had Aaron Tielitz, Jordan Taylor, Kat Legg, Brian Sellers, and Colin Brown at the fan forum at lunchtime. And Colin said that they did get a little bit of tyre data, but not much. And that's what they really need in this session, some tyre and some fuel burn data to take them, not for qualified particularly, but certainly for the race on Sunday. Yeah, that's exactly right. With this new track surface here, it's changed the dynamic of the track quite considerably. So tyre wear is uh, very much uh, a question that needs to be answered by pretty much all of the teams, even those that have already been here and done some testing. Uh, those who haven't been here testing or don't have any data to uh, to draw from maybe some some of their their, their 
competitors, but, but maybe are in the same manufacturer that might be of assistance. That's certainly the case in the Cadillac team, uh, between the Cadillac teams, excuse me, with the number 31 car was here testing, the 01 car was not, but it was the number 01 who set uh, a time right at the end of the session to uh, be fastest of all in that first practice session of the weekend. We've already seen some pretty fast lap times, and uh, yeah, it's a problem with that session. It was interrupted, what, three or four times at least, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, didn't get any long runs in, but yeah, they got reasonable, reasonable amount of track time, but certainly not what they had expected. And as you said, John, no long running at all. So for this first part of this session, the pro classes will not be out, but they will have the final 15 minutes of this session to themselves. Yeah, and just a note on that, I did ask Colin, you know, sort of tongue-in-cheek there, all right, who was it that made the decision not to test here? And, of course, it's not as simple as that, Jeremy, because the GTP cars have only a certain amount of test days that they are allowed through the year. And, you know, there aren't enough for you to go, for example, to every single track right. that you race on. So you, you've got to make informed decisions about where you think the best use of your test days are likely to be. That's exactly right. And I think it's only three test days during the season. Isn't it? It's not very many. Uh, plus the uh, the uh, the series tests of which there was one in Indianapolis just last week so all of the GTP cars were there in Indy to get some data prior to the the first race that be held for IMSA at the Speedway since 2014 and so yeah that was uh, very useful running for them it's a big twitch under braking for the <laughs> number 23 harder racing aston martin at turn five a big twitch on the exit as well puts the power down it was ross gunn who was fastest this morning that's the car that won the last round of the championship at lime rock park very impressively having been yeah, they, they, it's been a difficult season for the number 23 team so far uh, and they were languishing at the bottom of the points table in gtd pro uh, and uh, in fact, in fact, still are, but now are a lot closer with that very impressive, uh, first of all, pole position for Ross Gunn, and then translating it into the victory with himself and Alex Riberas. Work going on at the front of the Arve Motorsport number four LMP3. That's the mostly red and white car with the Motul sponsorship on the honking great fin. Tony's Kazimitz among the driving talent there, and see whether. I thought originally that they were bleeding either the brake or the the clutch reservoir, but I don't think they are on that. I think they were doing some uh, adjustments to the front end of that car. Shea is already on the way to that. Just a, a few stats that uh, I think a lot of people listening might be interested in about this repave that we've been talking so much about. Visually, it is obvious because the surface is much darker started back in october last year and the grinding of the original top surface uh, was actually started on the 3rd of october a month later on november the 3rd the full pave was completed they used over 7000 geometric control points to maintain the track character so that was laser sticks topography from drone footage and the idea was that the new surface 
would go back exactly as it was found effectively. So the old surface was measured and uh, mapped before it was graded down. Four inches of asphalt came off the top of, of the circuit at 4.048 miles, four inches. Uh, that was, get this, I will be asking questions later, 17,195 tonnes of material. Wow. 860 dumper trucks used. Wow. Well, probably not 860 trucks, but 860 truck loads. Loads, yes, <laughs> indeed. Yes, they didn't have one line of 860 kilometre <laughs> trucks, although that would have been entertaining. That would have been fun, wouldn't it? Um, that, that, that would, that, they'd have probably filled up the entire racetrack, actually. Yeah, they yes. do it all in one small foop. Well, an interesting, one of the things that was done is when the pavers moved in, they did it echelon style so that there's no yeah. centre seam. Yeah. So it's consistent. And they maintained the crown of the road to improve uh, asphalt. The, the lower layer is two and a half inches and the upper layer is one and a half uh, with an 8228 polymer modified asphalt that which apparently withstands flexing under intense G loads and temperature changes. So, it, it's not just the case of going round and saying, uh, excuse me, mate, could you just throw a bit of tarmac on the top of that? Yeah. That's a huge amount of work to have been completed in a month. I suspect that the amount of work that went in previously yeah. to that was just as much and clearly was just as important to everybody here at Road America so that as far as could be humanly made possible the track didn't lose its character and fair play yeah. I bet there were cheaper ways of doing it but yeah. I, I'm very impressed at what they've done well and, and, and you know I mean it's a constantly moving target for the for the pavers because your know, tyre technology is improving so much the very grip that these tyres have these days is immense and the downforce levels as well so you know it, it's a real challenge and you know Whoops, uh-oh, that's the uh, sister car that they no. won the crash this morning. In exactly the same place. In, in exactly, exactly the same place. Yikes. It's Stephen Thomas in the number, number 11, Fear the Taff, TDS racing car. And I think he's gone off in exactly the same place, has he? Yeah, uh, maybe a, coming um, out maybe a, yeah, a he few has. yards beforehand. It's exactly earlier. drivers left where G Guido van der Gaard went off there this morning. And that looks to be... The carbon copy accident maybe is hit slightly more to the left-hand side than Guido, who went straight in. That's probably only down to the fact that the grass has dried out a little bit more and maybe Stephen had a, a little bit more control. That is absolutely extraordinary that that has happened to the same team twice and the damage is spookily similar. Yeah. Left front wheel ripped asunder. Crash Box has done its job at the front of that prototype. Again, this is the uh, more yellow car with the black, blue and red on it. Oh, TDS. Not having a great Friday today. Well, we've got the IMSA EMR safety team there with the Chevy safety truck. And let's just make sure that everything is okay, the driver's door is open. Our safety team clearing some quite large pieces of carbon fibre out of the way. Driver's door is open, as I say. I haven't seen Stephen emerge from that yet. 
but looking at the tyre tracks across the dirt, that is spookily similar to what we saw this morning. And no break, no breaking witness marks on the tarmac at all on that new tarmac. Well, this again is going to take a wee while and exactly what the teams did not want to see with uh, barely 10 minutes into the session. Now, this hasn't affected the GTP cars because they weren't out on the track or the GTD pros. No, but... But it is going to eat into it a wee it bit. Is, it is. Because that's only two minutes away, three yes, minutes away. That's exactly right. Hmm. The, uh, this, this car, it, uh, this morning's incident... Guido van der Gaard, he, he, after, after making heavy contact on the left-hand side of the racetrack, the car went back across the racetrack yes. and ended up on the right-hand side yeah. of the track. This one has stayed to the left. So at least it, in terms of the clean-up process, it hasn't littered debris all across the racetrack like the one did this morning. But, man, what an awful day for that uh, hard-working team. They've had two fast cars and uh, now two accidents. And... Uh, it was Guido was quickest edition was. this morning, and same this afternoon. Stephen Thomas leads the way this afternoon. He's quicker by uh, well, by a couple of seconds than uh, George Kurtz in number zero four car for uh, the uh, Algarve uh, the CrowdStrike Racing with APR Algarve, Algarve Algarve Pro Racing. Second fastest Ben Keating third quickest in this session so far. So we can see what what happens. So it comes through the carousel exactly as you would expect him to, and then just doesn't get the second apex as as I thought. The slightly drier grass, you could see Stephen going on and off the brakes, trying to get a bit of uh, a little bit of pace off, and it was bouncing through there. But he's not scrubbed that much speed off there. He's gone in at, as Jeremy alluded. He's gone into to the wall at a slightly different angle. He's Just bouncing in the middle of the yeah, corner, didn't it? Bouncing, and the marks are clear for everyone to see on the grass. And he's gone in slightly more sideways than Guido, maybe about 10 or 15 yards further back down the racetrack, so more towards the exit of the carousel. Guido was a bit further round the corner, if that yeah. makes any sense, when uh, he went off. But yeah. that that didn't. I mean, you look at that, he didn't look like he was massively offline there, Jeremy. Yeah. It didn't look like he had a, yeah. a, a, a swapper going on or anything like that. It it's just, he started to push and he couldn't get it back. And yeah. of course, once he gets on the grass, he's not slowing down. And that's what the drivers have been saying. You, know, you, you get off off the, the, the one racing line here and uh, there's a lot of grip on that line. But as soon as you get off it, it's... It's really, really slippery, and that's it. Just seemed to accentuate the understeer once he got off the uh, the, gr the racing groove there, and another heavy impact. I mean, gosh, he's probably doing 140 plus miles an hour, I think, at that point in the racetrack at the at the exit of the carousel, carrying a lot of speed around. I mean, it's flat out uh, into the carousel with these cars, and wow, that's uh, again a heavy, heavy impact. Stephen is out of the car. Yeah, we should say it. Uh, I didn't see him get out of the car, but I can see that the car is now empty um, and the intervention vehicle hasn't quite pulled away yet, but that car They're is rolling. Under the flat pit yeah, they wow. did such a good job. Shit, Adam, down in the pit lane. Where are you?
I've made my way down to WeatherTech Racing and Proton Competition because they are two pit boxes under one tent, and it's one family down here with two cars that different manufacturers but very similar liveries. And hiya, Harry. Welcome back to IMSA, Harry Tinknell. Last time we saw you, you were racing Rexy at Daytona. Now you're in another fan favorite. What's it like to drive a Porsche 963? Yeah, cheers, Shay. Super happy to be back. Uh, it feels like a long time since uh, Petit Le Mans 21. But, uh, yeah, really happy to be back in the top class here at IMSA and with WeatherTech Racing and Proton. It's a team I know well from the WEC from the last couple of years. We've had some good success over there, but uh, super, super excited to be back in IMSA. It's my favorite series in the world, and uh, obviously the the GTP class now is super exciting, and uh, I think um, it's great that you have manufacturers and customer teams racing with equal machinery and both got the same chance of winning, so it's fantastic. Well, and you guys debuted this car at Monza and the WEC, brought it over. Have you had to make many changes to try and make it fit over here? Yeah, honestly, the, 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 the Proton boys and girls have done an incredible job. They did an all-nighter last night. Um, so, uh, obviously, uh, we have one car at the moment, but racing in two different championships. There's obviously logistics involved with uh, um, getting all, all that stuff uh, over. But um, Pro, that's what Proton, Proton do. They're good with logistics. But, uh, yeah, um, there's changing the loom uh, to the IMSA loom. There's a um, different aero, slightly different aero package over here. So we slightly further forward aero package, slightly less drag uh, compared to the WEC and a few other sensor things and stuff like that. But yeah, um, not much sleep has happened for, for, for those guys so far. But, um, you know, incredibly grateful to just be out on track. You know, I think I kind of said in the preview to the weekend, it's kind of like Monza 2.0 for us. And this is like another data gathering learning weekend. Of course, we want to do the best we can. And of course, when it comes to the race, you know, we've seen the amount of stuff already going on this weekend. If we can be there to pick up some pieces, it would be great. Uh, and, we'll, and we'll push to do as, a, 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 you know, as good a job as possible. We're really, we haven't done any testing or any uh, really external stuff since Monza, apart from simulators. So it's it, like I say, I, it's a data gathering weekend. Every lap we're doing, we're learning a lot, even in that first session, just the, the amount of switch changes we've got the things we can do on the steering wheel to influence the car is incredible. I'm learning every single lap. It's a great challenge. I really enjoy being the underdog and, and, and coming from behind and trying to see what we can do. But uh, yeah, I uh, can't emphasize enough what a great job everyone's doing, but what a big mountain to climb we still have to do. Well, and it's funny to think about you and Jimmy Bruni as underdogs because you've won here at Road America in a prototype. Jimmy's last race in North America was in a prototype, and he won in class at Daytona. So nice Rolex he's got uh, now to go with it. But as I understand it, this car is going to stay over here for now and for the, the foreseeable future. So does that mean that it's a bit less work for Proton to try and, well, get their grip with the car? Sure. I think exactly what you're saying. Like This is kind of like the pinnacle of the work, and then hopefully from here it should be slightly easier. Uh, you know, the shop just down the road from Multimatic in uh, Mooresville, North Carolina. And um, yeah, from here on in, it should be a lot easier. But it was always going to be tough at the start. But of course, it was great that Christian and the team wanted to get the car and get out as soon as possible. So literally, we got the car uh, the week before Monza. I sat in it on Thursday of the wet race, and we raced it on the on the Sunday. Uh, so, um, you know, we're, we're, like I say, we're, we're coming from behind, but uh, like we're keeping our heads down. We've got a really strong crew uh, around us. And uh, yeah, Jimmy and I are loving it. Uh, it's great working with someone as experienced and as uh, decorated as him and he's basically won everything there is to, to win in uh, GT and he's super motivated to do it in prototypes and uh, I'm looking forward to doing it with him. Well and there's a little bit of trickery going on right now because you're in a Porsche and there's 10 GTP cars but four of them are Porsches so are you guys looking with the um, intra manufacturer battle more so than looking at how you stack up against everyone else? Um, yeah, I think I think the first uh, point of reference is the other other Porsches for sure. Um, same in the WEC. 
Uh, I think yeah, that's the first target, and obviously if you can if we can do um, some good stuff overall, that would be you know well with, against the other manufacturers. Then of, of course we're here to, to to beat them as well. But I think it, what JDC is a great example of showing that you can take the fight to the the manufacturer, and, and we're going to try and do that. And you know I've had some questions in the week. Are we here to help other people in a championship? But there's really none of that. I can't really. Uh, emphasize that anymore everyone's here for themselves ultimately at the end of the day and uh, like I say a day to Garen weekend for us but hopefully we can uh, we can get out in this session now and do that so does this mean we're gonna get to see you for the rest of the season with this car yeah absolutely I'll absolutely. be yeah I'll be here in uh, Indy and then yeah I got such great memories of Petit from last time I was here would love to try and emulate something like that there and I think as the races go on and we get more data more experience uh, I think those last maybe those last couple of races is where we can generally start to fight on pace welcome home Harry thank you too Great interview. Great to have him back in the championship, isn't it? I mean, you know, he's uh, he's had, as you said, a fair, alluded to there, a fair bit of success, Harry. Uh, the past had six wins in IMSA competition, and um, this year, just his his one start this year in the uh, GCD car back in the opening round of the championship. So back in a prototype for the first time, and great to have him back. A really thoughtful young man, and uh, he's. Uh, He's yeah, just a good guy to have back in this championship. Really good personality. Gives good, straightforward, clear, concise answers to great questions there from Shay Adam. They, they, I, I, we are so fortunate in the sports car world, and particularly here in IMSA. The caliber of drivers yeah. behind the wheel, but the access that we get. I was talking a couple of weeks ago, actually, to somebody who works in a different series, and I, and I won't say which one because it, it's not fair. In, and in some ways we're comparing apples and tennis rackets again but the stark differences between being able to walk up to a driver as Shea has just done or a team member and ask a question and, and get it answered and you know on air to get that question answered and you know the guys if they don't want to answer a question will say well you know I, I can't really comment about that that's fine but to be able to do that without having to submit questions in advance and to be able to grab people the moment they get out of a car before sometimes before they've even been debriefed uh, by their teams and they're happy to come and talk to us harry there had to end that quickly because he was he was literally being pointed at by jimmy bruni saying get in the car you've got to be it's going green so thank you to all of the teams to the prs all the information that we get from behind the scenes uh, and to the drivers in particular. I know sometimes they don't want to have a microphone stuck under their nose, but they do it and they do it with real verve and with, with particularly in and people like Harry's case, and, and there's plenty of them up and down this pit lane. They do it with a real passion for the sport. They do. I mean, I mean you can almost, you can sort of see the smile on his yes, face you just can. with the words you can. listening to. The guy. It's totally wonderful. agree. Really One cool. thing about Harry, I do have to let you into a secret. Never play him a darts for money. Him and Tandy are two very, very good darts players. So just to, I've ruined his side hustle there now, obviously. So How if much did he lose? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. No, no. I, I was... I was well out of that one. So if you're down at Seamkins tonight or anywhere like and uh, Tandy or Tinknell uh, are there hitting hitting the uh, hitting the scoreboard rather than the dartboard and you get get suckered into that, do not put your money down because they are very, very good indeed. I think that I think they're playing the same darts league when they're both back in the UK. 
uh, which is, a, a, I think, a weekly or maybe a twice-weekly uh, darts league. I know certainly there's a Wednesday night one that they're involved, involved with. Yeah, great to have Harry back. Great to have Jimmy Bruni back as well, yeah. uh, to be quite honest. Uh, out for the number three Corvette. He's, he's not done much racing in the no. the Sports Car Championship, Jim, Jimmy Bruni. He hasn't really raced. He's done one-off races, I think, last, you know, beginning of this year, of course, which is his first win uh, in that P2 class at Daytona. Before that, I think it was 2018 or 19 that he had his last start. He, he did a full right. season when he went over well, the Porsche, half, didn't he? Half a season early. It wasn't 17. even a full one, yeah. yeah. It wasn't even a full one. Um, and that, that, I mean, I, it's still, I still find it difficult looking at Jimmy and not seeing me in bright red overalls because you you know you associate him with the the prancing horse although you know uh, horse on the Stuttgart coat of arms as well uh, Wood Le Mans with Porsche of course uh, so he's uh, and, and you know, I mean those drivers they they don't get everything slower. he's ever done really hasn't yeah, he, basically? I, I, he had, I, and, and yet you Except know he, he was he was he was literally months away from walking away from the sport. He had pretty much walked away from the sport, and he was, um, believe it or not, he was a fitness, he was a, a gym coach. He was doing spinning classes um, back in his native Italy. We did a long one with him a few years ago. If you go to RadioLamont.com and put in um, long one, Bruni, um, it, it's there on the archive. I won't spoil the rest of it because it, it, it was quite a funny interview, actually, with Jimmy. It's such an approachable guy. No doubt that he and Tinknell will get on, as we say in the UK, like a house on fire, which is a good thing. Because you do have to have that rapport out of the car. Um, when you're in the car, you're in the car on your own. And really, it doesn't matter about your teammate at that point. But when you're out of the car, you've got to work together. You're spending a lot of time with that person. And the best multi-driver teams, I always think, are the teams who get on well out of the car and, and genuinely want to be together and socialise together and sit and have dinner together and yeah. take the mick out of each other and play practical jokes. Yeah. We, and what's amazing about that is if we look at the, the early part of Jimmy's career, he was in open-wheel cars, so yep. he, he wasn't sharing a car at all. I mean, no. he, he won races in in, uh, in GP2, as it was back then. Uh, briefly ran in, in Formula 1, but for the Minardi team, it really wasn't competitive at all. Number 25 car off the, the road. BMW off the road, and that was taken out most recently by Conor de Filippi for Team RLL. And this is another run-on. I think this is the bottom of the hill at Term 3, if I'm not mistaken. And we saw the portion number six of Matthew Jaminet go off there earlier in a, just an understeery moment. The beautifully cut grass now with Michelin tyre tracks. Yeah, that is turn three. And he actually follows out the tyre tracks that Matthew Jaminet uh, left earlier on. Uh, this time, though, without the front uh, damage. And this is just coming down the hill, under break into turn three. He's in behind the high-class racing white and red car. Bounces across the uh, the gravel and wow, just crazy. stopped it. Well, yeah, because there's a sort of setback there, isn't there? And he yeah. just missed the the, the tyre barrier that I guess Jamini got into earlier on. Yeah, just missed that. Again. Luckily, there's about another what, 15, 20 feet or more, and yeah. he was able to get the car stopped before he hit the next row of, of tyres and barriers. Jaminier was further round the corner 
and I think back on the throttle when we went off because he, he went oh, in okay. further down. Right. Um, so, but I think probably carrying a bit more speed, in some respects, actually, the whether the high uh, high class car was the cause or not, him having to well, break harder for it, he'd already scrubbed quite a lot of speed. Yeah, it off. certainly wasn't the cause of it. No, but no. He, but I think he, he found himself approaching it a bit, a bit a too quickly. Quicker, yeah. Uh, more, more quickly than he had anticipated, and had to slam on the brakes and just locked up briefly, and then it, then he was uh, behind the Man. curve from there on. But uh, no running. harm, no foul. I think he, it looks like he might well be staying out as well at this stage. We've got that new was the fastest. car that was uh, penalised this morning down at that area. Ah, uh, yes, with Nick Yellowly at the wheel. With, uh, with Nick Yellowly at the wheel. It's kind of now behind the wheel. They are running that car very, very low. If you are uh, able to see behind it as it's going down through the kink, you'll see the sparks coming up from the the plank underneath and plank wear has been an issue uh -oh. and the vault racing Porsche is off just beyond the kink now that is Alan Brynjolfsson behind the wheel of the 77 and well Alan it's a red flag just as Alan recovers but there was no choice there that is a super quick part of the circuit that will will get back to green very quickly Alan Brynjolfsson needs to go and put Super Bowl on or the lottery or something because you have a spin at that point of the circuit and he hasn't even grazed the car either end. That is extraordinary. Yeah. I think I might be getting out now. Uh, yeah, Trent. Trent, your go, mate. It's your go. Thanks very much. Very happy now. Sheesh. <laughs> oh. yeah, it looks perfect, doesn't it? Man, that was a scary, striking colour. Scary car. ride for Alan Brynjolfsson. Uh, he was seat. on his own, and he was just right again, behind, right behind the JDC Porsche, wasn't he? It's, it's again, it's that understeer, just clipped the wall, I think, with the rear on driver's right, but just, um, again, talking to GT drivers at lunchtime, um, if there is a differential in grip between the new tarmac and the old curbs because they are the old curbs and they were saying the curbs are fine if you run straight down them if you are loaded and sliding yeah. towards them that's the point where it gives up grip now he was already getting a little bit of aero push in the wake of the jdc 963 ahead of him and he was just pushing out there and he's actually done really well to do nothing but crack the back part of there. Now, that is all part of the rear bumper. He hasn't even... I don't think he's even dislodged the under tray at the back. Just on the, where the number 77 is on the back of that car. Scuffage, isn't there? Yeah, it might be a Looks crack. Like. If, But that is all. Yeah, they're having a look at that. They might put a bit of tape over it. They're making sure that the, the bumper is all right. Um, whilst that is going on, we'll go back to Green shortly, but Shea Adam is patrolling the pit lane for us and has found Ricky Taylor. First off, happy belated birthday, Ricky. Did you do anything fun? I got to go to the racetrack, um, so that's always been a good a, a good way to celebrate the birthday. Every year it seems to fall on Road America, so yeah, it's been good. It's worked out well for you in the past. Two wins here uh, in the last, what, four years, I guess it would be? Three years. So that's a good record. Um, Wayne Taylor Racing with Andretti Autosport has never won here in that guise. So how important is it to you guys to try and get a win? Yeah, very, uh, you know, I think we have to keep our eyes on the championship. This year has been so volatile that I think uh, the wins are going to come. Uh, it would be really nice to get it. The track seems treach it is treacherous. 
Um, you can see so many red flags and so much action on track. I think we're going to go for a good result, look at our, our championship competitors. Uh, if we're in a position to gain a lot of points, maybe we take it easy. If we're racing against some championship competitors, maybe we take some risk. But a win is always a win, and that's going to be that's that's what we're going for. But uh, looking at the conditions, it's uh, it's going to be a, a survival one. It looks like. Considering those track conditions, does that put even more importance on qualifying? Absolutely. Uh, we're going to qualify Philippe right now, and uh, he did a great job putting the car on pole last year, and he loves this racetrack. So, um, yeah, the track looks like the line is very narrow. But it's Road America, it's IMSA with, you know, 50 cars on track, so uh, the overtaking is never traditional. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put the emphasis on, on qualifying, but uh, it's, a long, it's a long two hours and 40 minutes to, to stay up there. Um, but any bit of track position you can get at any time, we'll take it. Does it feel like a new Road America? It does. I, like, you sort of get... You sort of scoot up in your seat a little bit every time you get to turn 12 or exiting the pits. Like you're waiting for that bump, and you never it never comes. So um, yeah, the track is just super super smooth. They did an amazing job here uh, with the repave. It's it's very grippy. Obviously, we're coming back with very different equipment in our class, um, but the track just is so impressive. Uh, the surface. Uh, I'm glad they kept the curbs how they how they were. Something something we're familiar with. Um, but it'll be interesting how it races. That's something that, that will be new for, for pretty much everybody here. And it'll, it'll be the first you know, multi-class sports car race uh, at this racetrack. So we watched the IndyCar race. We watched the Xfinity race. Let's see how we go. What's been the best change to the track with this repave? There's been a lot of talk about all the negatives. But what's the good that you've seen from it? It's good that they didn't change the heart of the track. Um, the good is, you know, anytime you get... Uh, more grip, we love it, and the, just the track surface is so grippy. Taking away those bumps, I think, makes it easier for the engineers and and everything because we can lower the car a bit. Um, but for the drivers, anytime you give us grip, it's just more fun. So we're we're loving it. Uh, I think what's cool is that it is difficult, so it rewards those good laps because you can see everybody going off. So there's a penalty, which we love. We don't like the track limits tracks where you go off and you just rejoin. There's some reward here, where if you, if you put together a lap, you've earned it. As you can tell in the background, green flag is back out. Thanks, Ricky. Enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, there was a little golf clap in the yeah. studio when we heard that from yeah. Ricky Taylor. Yeah. Proper cars, proper tracks, yeah. risk versus reward. Um, Love it. And he, he talked about the, how close the championship is. I mean, he comes into this, this, into this race at round seven out of uh, at ten this season. Um, how many more have we got to go? Indy and... Uh, yeah, just only two more. So it's yeah. only nine races this year in the championship, isn't it? This is seven out of nine. Comes into the weekend just 29 points out of the championship lead, but third in the points table. Uh, and only another, uh, what, 34 behind him is Nick Tandy and Matthew Jaminet in the Porsche uh, as well. So it is incredibly tight in the GTP points championship three of course for the three rounds for gt uh, and gtd gtd and gtd yeah. pro because vir is yeah. a another one of our uh, gt celebrations calendar was released at one o'clock this afternoon so about three hours ago and with a bit of luck and a fair wind we'll uh, be able to uh, have a chat about that uh, 
tomorrow. We'll try and get President of IMSA, John Doonan, in the booth to talk about how easy or difficult that has been uh, to pull together. If you haven't seen that yet, go to Sports Car 365. Uh, headline is that we have one extra Michelin Endurance event this coming year, in 2023. So the current four added to, I think we kind of guessed this one, uh, a six-hour race at Indianapolis Motor Speedway for WeatherTech Racing. So that will be the fifth Michelin race. Uh, venues are uh, pretty much the same. Lime Rock Park is not on the schedule and Mid-Ohio comes back. Not for WeatherTech. Though. But not for WeatherTech. No, it's Michelin Pilot Challenge that headlines there along with uh, the some of the other championships including the new Mustang Challenge back at Mid-Ohio. Uh, CTMP gets an LMP2 headline race. They'll be the top class there in a championship that looks phenomenal with, I think, probably 12 or 15 cars next year. And the, and the spotlight will be well and truly on them at CTMP as they will be the top class. That comes as a result, of course, of, of increasing track time for the uh, GTPs in, uh, in other ways. Well, and, and also a product of number of cars expected to be part of the series next year. I mean, th there isn't going to be room for, uh, for the GTPs and the LMP2s and the GTDs at uh, some of these tracks, including Canadian Time Motorsport Park. So I think that's the main reason can that you, GTPs won't be yeah. north of the border. Can you imagine the amount of pieces of little cut-out pieces yeah. of paper or, yeah. you know, magnetic stickers on a board that has been moved around to get we, we add a new series next year with the Mustang Challenge and those brilliant dark horse R's with the six speed manual gearbox we've got everything that we've got this year we've got more LMP 2's than ever before we've got more GTP's than ever before possibly another three or four GTP's in some races if not for the full season um, it's extraordinary uh, to see how it is back to Detroit for a, a, a GS um, no, no, no. Uh, for a, G uh, a GTP. Yeah. Uh, a GTD. Yeah. Race. Not, yes, not pro. Not GTD pro. Right. Just regular GTD and GTP. Yeah. So that's going to oh, be interesting. right. Okay. I didn't yeah. realise the pro. I didn't see the, the, pro, the pros on that one. Okay. Yeah. And that, uh, well, that is going to be interesting. And that that's another short race, though, of course, there on the IndyCar. Yeah. So the two short races are Long Beach and... Detroit. Um, that's all the plus points. There are a number of calendar clashes with other series. You know what? It's it gets almost unavoidable uh, with so much sports car racing. Uh, there's only so many weekends in a year, and either you have to start earlier or go later. There's also the uh, great god of television that has to be served and. Uh, yeah. Next year being an Olympic year, the good news is we're not stopping racing through the Olympics. Um, that will continue. So some accommodation obviously being made with the broadcaster next year to keep IMSA uh, on national television here in the US. Yeah, but a very similar schedule overall to, to yeah, this year, certainly in terms of the pacing of the races through the season. Which so I think has been tricks. pretty good actually the last couple of months. We got back from, uh, really from good, COVID. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, good back to what we were pre-COVID. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I like that. And I, I think that works well for people yeah. trying to, you know, you know, is it is it upsetting for some people that uh, we're going to clash with the the Nurburgring 24? Yes, but that's only one of the short races. Um, that's Long Beach from memory. I have to be careful what I'm saying here because I haven't actually got the the full schedule in front of me. Um, some clashes with the WEC as well. Again, the, the team is Detroit, though, isn't it? Uh, Detroit, yes. Yeah, but uh, that's and pros. GGD Pro is not going not there uh, for that to, very reason. Right. I would think. Uh, I would, that's one of the, another of the reasons. Yeah, yeah. good point. Yeah, and, but that's only a hundred-minute race, yeah. so that'll be uh, well into the evening uh, of the Nurburgring. Uh, when that is on track so you know from a spectator point of view look at it as uh, a bumper weekend of racing you can sit and watch the Nürburgring 24 hours and then about four or five or six hours into the race 100 minute sprint race on the street, streets of Detroit and then if you're going to stay up all night and watch the full coverage you go back to the Nürburgring and you know that's uh, you've got to I think got to look at the positives and be glass and car full. Now, people who have to cover races, the journalists will, I'm sure, be saying, uh, and and choices have to be made at that point. And, and yeah, we understand that's difficult. But um, now, hearing from uh, Sheer Adam of some news from the pit lane, the Alan Brynjolfsson Vault Racing Porsche did get back to the pitch, Shay, uh, during that very brief red flag. And where did it go after it hit the pit lane? It went home, uh, back to the garage. <laughs> and it looks like they are actually changing the rear wing upright. So maybe they detect a potential crack there and they don't want to take a risk of the rear wing giving up at uh, 170 miles an hour, breaking into Canada Corner, for example. Uh, so they are taking a bit more caution and a bit more time to do bit more work to that uh, Volt Motorsport Wright Motorsport Porsche and Wright Motorsports has had quite a bit of success at this track John remember it was 2018 Patrick Long and Christina Nielsen got the first win for the team in a GTD competition here ah yes indeed um, I've, I've just had the perfect analogy to doing a um, an IMSA style multi-series multi-venue multi-class uh, uh, yearly schedule calendar it is the it is the wedding table plan from hell <laughs> no you can't put that one with that one and th that one can't be over there because they've got to be there who's on the challenge table i want to know who's been put on the children's table that's that's uh, the children's table well away from the front spin down at uh, turn five no not turn Is five insurance? turn six yeah. for Oh, that high class car. It is the high class yeah. car. It sounded like it couldn't get a gear there for a moment. It was right on the rev limiter. Yeah. Ed Jones, he's just, just gone second fastest in LMP2, the 153.0, just uh, about a tenth of a second behind Ryan DL, who leads the way for Era Motorsport in car number 18. Didn't hit anything. Back underway. Local yellow, that's all that's required there. New fastest time at the front. Now it's the BMW. BMW of Augusto Farfus who goes fastest in car number 24 or 149.756 for the Brazilian. Renga van der Zander second fastest in the Cadillac car number 01 
Third fastest, Philippe Albuquerque in car number 10 for the uh, Conica Minolta Wayne Taylor Racing entry. So it's BMW Cadillac Acura, then the second of the BMWs, Conor Di Filippi, who is on a, uh, a slightly faster lap than he has done previously. In fact, he comes across the line now to go second quicker. So BMW 1-2 at the moment. 150.1 for Di Filippi. 149.7 for Farfus. Another improvement there for Albuquerque up into third position ahead of Ranga van der Zander at a 150.181, so precisely two hundredths of a second behind Di Filippi. A bit farther down the order, LMP2, we talked about Ryan DL just improved again actually. He's now seventh quickest overall, is DL, at a 152.2, quicker than. Uh, four of the GTP cars because we haven't seen Harry Tinkmall out doing any laps in the number 59 WeatherTech Proton entry It's interesting, he was helmeted yeah. up after he'd spoken to, yeah. to Shea. LMP3, it's number 74 Riley Motorsports entry that is at the top and it's Gar Robinson as usual, that's the car that won here last year with Felipe Fraga who's unavailable this weekend, he's racing in Brazil in the uh, Brazilian stock car series commitments down there this weekend. So instead, it's Josh Burden from Australia who has been driving in the long distance races with this Riley Motorsports team this season. He has uh, co opted into that number 74 car alongside Gar Robinson, and it's he who leads the way in this practice session. That's kind of 74 fastest, kind of 29. Bajoy Garg, the VP Racing Challenge Sports Car Series Championship leader. Stepping up into WeatherTech for the first time in that Junior 3 racing entry, kind of a 29 second car for that team for the first time here this weekend. He's second quickest. Third fastest is Nico Pino in the number 33 Sean Creech Motorsports Ligier. So Ligier 1, 2, 3 at the moment. Then the best of the Duquesnes. It's kind of a 13 for AWA. Just a quick reminder if you are just joining us now, uh, we have an hour left of this session or at least the pro cars do 45 minutes for the am cars and the other car we've not seen is the Forte racing powered by us Racetronics yeah, lamborghini as she mentioned yeah she mentioned that at the start misha goikberg had a big off uh, just on the kink in the, this morning's session uh, and that car not able to be repaired uh, at least not in any way fit to go racing this weekend. They do have a spare chassis, spare monocoque, so they are presently taking everything salvageable and required, that is required, off that car to put onto the the new tub, effectively, the new monocoque. Um, there are certain things that are supposed to go across. Um, now, force majeure, for example, the gearbox casing is broken, then clearly IMSA will not um, force you to put a broken gearbox back onto a car that's then going to fail and drop gearbox oil all over the place. But you get the point. So they are feverishly working uh, down there at Forte to try and get that car sorted in time for some running tomorrow before the race on Sunday. It is an early race, WeatherTech are first on the track on Sunday. And don't forget, if you're in the States or further afield, we have qualifying for you. Flag to flag in sound and vision. 
Go to RadioLeMond.com or IMSAradio.com and click the hamburger on the top left. Scroll down until you see IMSA Live Video. Click on that. And if you're outside the States on Sunday, you'll also be able to see the whole race live. Uh, support category IMSA uh, Inamitsu Mazda MX-5. Uh, those two races live for everyone as well in Sound and Vision. And that's always worth watching. Let's head back to the pit lane now. Uh, Shit, Adam has, uh, has found a... Now, what, how can we say this? A underutilised driver <laughs> in the pit lane. Is that reasonable? Massively reasonable. Uh, Dylan Murray, underutilised driver. Now, the last time we saw you in a car, it was standing, well, in a car racing on a weekend. You were at the podium at Watkins Glen. LMP3 is back again this weekend. You've got experience in LMP2. Are you basically here walking around with your helmet to say, hey, I know how to drive Road America? I am doing that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. how did you know? What gave it away? No, yeah, we, we had a great race at, at Watkins with JR3 guys. It was a really terrific race, unexpected. Um, and so, yeah, this weekend, you know, the, the schedule came out for next year. So I came up here to network and just say, show my face and be part of the family here. Um, and it's always good to be at an IMSA race, no matter what you're doing. You know, the sound of these cars is like no other series, no other place on earth. And so it's always been really good to, to come to the races. And more than that, it's seeing your friends here, all the people here. This, this, is, this is my family here, so it's great to be back. We're really glad to see you back. Now, you've got experience in the Michelin Pilot Challenge as well, racing and winning in GT4 cars. Watching this track surface and seeing it, would you rather be out there this weekend in a prototype or a GT car? You know, it's tough to say because I heard so much about all this new pavement here and how different it is from the previous pavement, and I haven't driven it with the new pavement. So it's it's definitely going to be interesting to see with all of the, the GT and prototype overtaking throughout the, throughout the course of the race. So I'm excited to see how that works out. As far as what I would rather drive here, I don't know. I mean, you get the best of both worlds because a GT car, you can really draft well and have good race craft and, and really race hard against people. And then with the prototype, you know, you go through the carousel and through the kink and stuff, and it's just so fast through there. So it's it, both of them have their perks for sure. On a weekend like this, even when you're not driving, are you still able to offer people coaching advice or help people get up to speed better because of your track and car knowledge? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I just walk around and talking to some people, you know, sometimes some some drivers haven't been to this track before and I've driven here countless times. So it's, it's good to be able to provide feedback to the friends that, that, that need it sometimes. Um, but too, I know that there is a go-kart track over by turn eight. So you may or may not see a green and, and blue and yellow helmet driving around there. I haven't decided if I'm going to go tomorrow or not yet, but it's very tempting. It's very tempting. It's a very fun go-kart track. So what's the situation with you for the rest of this year, and what are you working on for next year? What can you tell us? Yeah, so for right now, for the rest of this year, same thing as this race, going out and networking and, and hoping something comes up. And then for next year, really have the eyes set on 2024. I'm very confident something's going to come together for 2024 uh, because this is my passion. This is what I love to do, and I couldn't live without it. So um, I'm definitely not going not gonna to stand back home and, and just let other people race because um, I really want to be out here more than anything else, so this is, this is definitely something that's going to work out for next year. Attention all teams, has helmet at every track. Silver driver, Dylan Murray, he's available. Silver under 30. Silver and under hey, 30. with the go-kart track, if I go out there, I'll post on my Instagram story. You can search Dylan K. Murray for all the fans out there. Send me a DM at Dylan K. Murray on Instagram. Say, let's go karting, and maybe I'll meet up with you and we'll go karting. Because I need somebody to bump every now and then. <laughs> Thanks, Dylan. All right, thank uh, you. Really miss having him in uh, in our paddock, and good for him. Um, you don't get anything uh, 
by sitting at home. Yeah. Uh, another one of the great sayings from uh, my family, shy bairns get out. Basically, if you don't ask, you don't get. Got to keep your face in there. Well done, Dylan, for exercising a bit of uh, initiative, being at the track. We wish him the best in that silver driver under 30 with excellent credentials. Here this weekend, always bring your helmet and your hands device. You can probably, and your, and your race license, you can probably uh, blag anything else you need. Yeah. One of the changes here, we had uh, just a few minutes ago now, Philip Albuquerque uh, split the two BMWs. Remember last time we talked about the number 24 car ahead of number 25 by uh, about four tenths of a second. Well, Philip Albuquerque has gone in between those two in the number 10 Acura at a 150.037. Other changes in uh, LMP2, just now an improvement last time around for Paul Lupchatin. Calibre 52, that's the PR1 Matheson car these shares with Ben Keating. He's up into third position. It's still Ryan DL that leads the way in LP2. Ahead of Felipe Nasser, by the way, in number seven car for Porsche Penske Motorsports. Uh, then Ed Jones in second position in the class four high class racing, number, then number 52 behind him. In LMP3, it's still Josh Burden's time that leads the way ahead of Bajoy Garg and Nico Pino. In GTD, there were two Mercedes at the top. Uh, Mike Skeen in kind of a 32 for Team Corner of Motorsports and number 57, Windward Racing of uh, Phil Ellis. But just uh, the last uh, couple of laps, uh, Frederick Shandorf has moved the McLaren from Inception Racing. That's car number 70 up into second position overall in GTD and overall in GT. Uh, third fast is also an improvement for Brian Sellers. Once again, that Paul Miller Racing BMW, super consistent they've been this season. Championship leaders quite convincing now as a result of that consistency in the overall GTD Championship and also in the WeatherTech Sprint Cup as well for GTD. Uh, and then is uh, Phil Ellis now in fourth position. And behind him, the best of the pro cars, that would be Jordan Taylor for Corvette Racing in car number three. His best time at 205.1 which uh, compares to Mike Skeen's 204.3. It's quite a big big difference, isn't it? Three quarters of a second. Uh, and right behind him now has just jumped Gathering Leg in the Acura car number 66. So the, the overall order of the GTD cars at the moment is Mercedes, McLaren, BMW, then second Mercedes, then Chevrolet, Acura. Uh, so four, four different, five different manufacturers in the top six overall. That's cool to see. Then another Mercedes up there, Jules Gunion. This car certainly seems to be suiting those cars. And as I see that, Ross Gunn in the Aston Martin racing, Aston Martin Vantage for Heart of Racing, kind of 23. He goes up to third fastest overall in the GT cars, first in GTD Pro with a 205.0. There's three of them now on 205.0. In session update brought to you with VP Racing Jeremy Shaw, John Hindoff and Shay Adam as we still have just on 50 minutes to go for the top class cars coming into a beautiful part of the afternoon yeah. track is still hovering around about three figures 97, 98 Fahrenheit 
75 in the air. Still very pleasant. Side-by-side -side action. Oh, onto the grass. It's a bit unnecessary in a practice session going down into turn one. Is the oh. accurate... Uh, the MSR accurate was going by... Which car was that, Jeremy? It was a P3 car, it, I think. It was a P3 yeah. car. I think... Was it the Junior 3 car? What was that lap time for Blunkers? The 153... But, um, 85, it was, the, it was the, I think it was the JDC, Jerry Kraut car. Okay, well. Yes, it was. Thank you, whoever that was in my ear. From, uh, <laughs> Great to see Jerry back again from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Not the youngest of drivers, drivers out there, but uh, one of the most enthusiastic. And he and Scott Andrews reunited again in that, uh, in that car for JDC Miller Motorsports. And Jerry's been a long time very much part of that JDC team. He was one of the guys who helped set it up with the church, uh, with the churches, John and Katie. And uh, very much enjoys he does driving these cars. By the way, the number eight car for Tower uh, Motorsport, it was uh, John Ferrano's team because he had that nasty crash at. Where did he crash the car? Uh, it was Weather WeatherTech Raceway. Yeah, it was right and. Uh, it's still not been cleared to drive, which is uh, a shame. So they, they, that team has been a lot of hunting around over the last few weeks. I was having a chat yesterday with Rick Capone, who's the team manager at Time Motorsport, Sport, and uh, we had a really nice chat with him. And uh, I told him to, to wish John uh, back in the, to get clearance again to drive soon. Uh, but uh, Rodrigo Salas has been drafted into that team. Rodrigo made his debut in this championship two or three years ago. He's been racing in Europe in the ELMS for the last couple of years. So he's got lots of experience in these sorts of cars uh, and uh, enjoying his, his opportunity to come back here. I think the only time he's raced here, though, was back in 2017 when he was kind of starting out in racing in a TCR. So from a TCR to a, an LMP2 car, that's a bit of a uh, steep learning curve for Rodriguez, but turn, Rodrigo, but turn some good laps in this session. Well, I've got a question for Matt Campbell, because with two wins and a second-place finish at Road America in the last four years, is this your favorite track in the U.S.? Yeah, certainly one of my favorite tracks in, uh, in North America. Um, it's very enjoyable. It's probably the track I've driven the most here as well, so uh, had a very good success rate. Hopefully we continue this this weekend, but I think uh, along with everyone else, we're finding it very difficult now with the new surface. Uh, and even compared to when we tested here also uh, a couple of months ago, it's completely different again. So uh, <laughs> it's like we're starting from scratch. Do you feel like you're starting to unlock the potential of the Porsche 963 at this point in the season, though? Yeah, I feel like we're definitely making steps every single time. Uh, I think we're struggling a little bit in this part of the weekend so far. Uh, but let's see how this session develops. Obviously, we've got tomorrow still. And, and then maybe a, a big chance of rain on Sunday. So it'll be all, all out the window again. But uh, yeah, I really enjoy this track. Hopefully it can be good to us and we can finally get some uh, better points on the board for, for us in Car 7. You and Felipe are one of only three driver combos in the GTB class where both drivers have won at this circuit. So at least you have that going for you. You got that little bit of confidence up the sleeve. But I'm going to ask a tire question that's going to be completely irrelevant by the time the rain starts falling. Six sets of tires this weekend and you can use six sets in practice, qualifying and the race. How does that change your strategy on the weekend? Um, I think for us, we're, we're trying to treat it uh, like, a, like a normal race weekend. We didn't use too many tyres uh, in the first session, but obviously as you go through the weekend, the track conditions also improve, so it's going to be more and more relevant. Uh, so it makes more sense to use more tyres, let's say, in, later in this session and, and, and so forth. So uh, 
Yeah, let's see. I think by the time we get to the race, the, the conditions are going to be completely different again. So maybe it's all for nothing, but uh, yeah, let's see. And I should mention, rain tires don't count toward that allocation. Uh, so any news from what happened to the sister car this morning? Are you guys concerned about it replicating on the 7? Uh, no, not at the moment. I mean, uh, that was just one of those things. I think, uh, as we probably saw, there was a lot of accidents in the first session. And I think it goes to show just how tricky the, the new surface is here at Road America. And I think it just caught out the six car there early in the session. And nevertheless, there wasn't too much damage for we were able to get back out there. Uh, but yeah, like I said, there was a lot of uh, accidents throughout that session. And it's certainly very tricky out there uh, during some stages. So hopefully it gets better and better over the weekend as more rubber goes down. So yeah, let's see. This is the longest track that we go to. Red America is four miles long. And this, of course, is a season where every track you go to, first time in a prototype, the speeds here, are they much exponentially higher than what you've experienced in the GT car compared to the differences at other tracks? Um, for me, it's actually probably one of the smaller steps. You know, somewhere like Mossport, obviously a, a very high speed circuit, fast and flowing. Whereas this obviously has a lot of uh, slower corners, of course some high speed, but a lot of big brake zones. So even the braking markers, for me, haven't really changed so much of this circuit. Even though we're arriving a lot quicker, obviously we can we can brake maybe more efficiently, efficiency, so let's say compared to a, a GT3 car, so uh, just different. I mean, out of all the tracks, I probably feel very comfortable here, and it's probably been the smallest step so far. Good luck this weekend, Matty. Thank you, cheers. Oh, what a, another, we, we were just seeing earlier on, weren't we, about how fortunate we are. Matt Campbell, hugely successful uh, in championships in his own region, has carved himself out an international career with Porsche, winner a couple of times here in GTs, as was mentioned and now given the opportunity as a young pro Porsche driver to compete at the very highest level at the sharp end of the field that is the Porsche way a couple of things while Shea was talking to Matt Campbell there Philippe Albuquerque had an off at turn six in the Koenig Imanolda Acura that's the number 10 blue and black car chat with Philippe this morning he was in very good form looking forward to this event and just wanted to get out of the track to be honest although he was getting his breakfast together uh, but look very keen very lean all the drivers looking really as fit as butchers dogs personal trainers this weekend they've, they've all clearly been getting ready for this one uh, and also a new fastest lap Jeremy that uh, happened while she was talking to Matt Campbell. Yeah, fraction improvement there for Augusto Farfus in that number 24 BMW Team RLL uh, BMW M Hybrid V8. 149.656 now is the uh, the benchmark time. Also an improvement for Ringo van der Zander recently. It's second position for car number 01. That car's back in the pits now but he's turned a 149.781 in the Cadillac Racing entry. So uh, things tightening up there. And also, while Shea was talking to Maddie Campbell, Felipe Nasser improved in his number seven Porsche. Just now, what is he? About a tenth of a second behind his teammate, Matthew Jaminet, in number six cars. They're sixth and seventh overall in car number six and seven. John, happy with that? I'm very happy with that, yeah. You know how I like things to be lining up. Just looking at the times coming in and uh, what's going on with oh that was the map belt time that you were talking about yeah 
Seprio uh, recently up into third position in GTD. That's the number 80 AO racing Porsche Rexy. Can't miss that car out on track. Bright green with the uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex teeth across the front grille. Looks great. He was fast this morning, was Seb, and he's now gone third quickest. So it's Mercedes McLaren, Porsche, Aston Martin, BMW. Top five cars in GTD at the moment. Right behind him, Russell Ward and Mario Farnbacher, uh, who has also improved on this lap around in the number 93 Acura. Been a good few weeks for the 23. Ah, change at the top, too. Oh, yes. Go on. Philip Albuquerque now fastest at Acura to the top in GTP. Car number 10, 149.363 for the Portuguese. Oops, who's that off the road? Uh, that is the Russell Ward. Russell Ward, number 57. Scenic car. route. Yeah, and that again is... Uh, yeah, yeah coming out of 14, 13 into 14. Yeah. A few places on the track here that have... Been catching people out. The uh, time continues to tick down, of course. Uh, great conditions this afternoon. As so we're uh, heading towards uh, just 20 minutes after 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Back with Super Saturday tomorrow. And qualifying, racing, we've got it all tomorrow. Make sure you've got the schedule imprinted. Two Edemitsu Mazda MX-5 races tomorrow, live in sound and vision for everybody. Which, given the qualifying today, looks to be entertaining at its extreme. Plus a Lamborghini race, plus the qualifying for both IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship and the uh, WeatherTech and the Mission Pilot Challenge, should I say? Got WeatherTech for you in sound and vision as well. Everything in sound, of course. Uh, round about what we've got, 40 minutes left. So that's 25 minutes for the AM category cars. One or two of them in the pit lane at the moment. Maybe just making some changes. Welcome along if you are just joining us uh, in the UK. It is just after 20 past 10, 20 past 11 in Europe. End of a working week. Sorting out your viewing for the weekend. Hope you can spend some time viewing and listening with us this weekend. Great US debut for the Porsche customer teams in the last few races JDC and the yellow submarine, the banana boat were quickest Porsche this morning in the session and the number 5 car at the moment is again quickest Porsche but JDC Miller Motorsport ahead of the two Porsche Penske Motorsport machines coming into the pit lane that very distinctive 
a bright yellow car with the very Porsche light signature on the front, the four lights, which as you'd see on a 911, a Cayenne or a Macan or a Taycan. Let's go down to pit lane. Shea Adam is with Frederick Schandorf. Frederick, first time to Road America and second fastest so far. How do you like this place? It's really cool. It's such an amazing track, but uh, obviously the guy have done a really good prep before this and we've done some good simulator practice as well, so it seems to be working pretty good. Yeah. I feel like this is the one racetrack where every time I've seen Brendan playing on the simulator, he's always in Road America, so is he enjoying it as much as you are? Yeah, I hope so, yeah. The he's doing a really good job and he's just keeping improving the whole season so it's just such a minor thing that's making us out of the top three in the championship right now so hopefully after this weekend we can get back in the fight it will be really good, be good for the team is rain gonna help the mclaren i think so i think rain is a bit good because uh, in rain also any bop doesn't matter really it's just especially around this circuit i think it's gonna be all about who have the biggest ball around here so it's gonna be it's gonna be a good fun but so far is working really good in the dry as well. So you're kind of hoping it stays dry then? I don't know yet because <laughs> obviously we haven't driven here in the rain. I think some of the other guys we have from previous events, so maybe it's not an advantage for us. It's going to rain, uh, so I think probably if we could stay similar to this and, uh, and we have a good qualifying, it'll be a pretty good race. Well, you mentioned you haven't driven here in the rain. You also haven't driven here in the dry before in a race because this was one of the events that Inception missed last year. So how hard is it to try and catch up to everybody else and then some? It's not easy, for sure not. Uh, but the team is doing a really good preparation before this. So we're just getting there already straight straight from the beginning. So we are not missing it that much. Um, so I think also starting the car is just really good and I think this track is better than us for Limerick. Limerick we're struggling a lot. I mean, I was even doing qualifying, I was, we were struggling to even beat the silver driver. So I hope this time we could be a bit better uh, and it seems so. So hopefully we can back, be back on the podium again. The team just put the rolling tires onto the car, taking it back to the garage. You guys just happy with what you've done? No, unfortunately not. We, I mean, uh, we have a clutch issue. Uh, so it was actually planned the brain to get back in and get some more laps, but uh, unfortunately we have a when I drove in the pit, the pedal just went down in the floor, so we couldn't. Unfortunately, we are missing out a bit of practice. So it's not ideal, but uh, I'm sure it's going to be, be good anyway. So. Yeah, you got a good package for the race. Good luck on Sunday. Thank you very much. Ah, so that's a good bit of detective work from Shea Adams. So clutch issue with that car. Ten minutes to go for the AM cars. Uh, run on at turn five for the WeatherTech Porsche. WeatherTech Porsche GTP car, I should say. This is the number 59 car. Really like the livery tweaks on that since we saw it at uh, Monza a couple of weeks ago. The Proton number 59 car. The other thing that I've noticed on that that I didn't notice at Monza, so I'm going to have to go back now and, and check, or somebody can tell me at Imsa Radio, were the FAT logos on that car at Monza? I, I can't remember that on both front wheel arches and just ahead of uh, both back wheels as well. So, Neil Yanni's name still on that car as well from its debut, but it is a slightly different, uh, a, a slight reworking of the, the livery. The swooshes are in slightly different places on that car from uh, 
its debut at Monza. I like what Harry Tinknell said during the week and to share. Look, this is this is Monza 2.0, Jeremy. This is just get miles under the wheels. Let's learn the car. This is all about looking forward and not necessarily what the result is this weekend. Just on 34 minutes to go. Just checking to see who is improving. If you're just joining us, it's not been a good day for TDS. Guido van der Garde went off coming out of the carousel this morning, destroyed the front of the, the TDS machine. That car's been behind the wall since, and then in an almost identical accident in this session earlier on. Uh, second car, the number 11. Stephen Thomas at the wheel going into the wall very hard indeed. So both of their LMP2 machines in a state of uh, certainly requiring some remedial action. It looks like it's going to be a long night for TDS. Across the line for the number 92 right in front of us. That is the Porsche of Kelly Moss racing. That car was in the wars this morning. That was the car that was pushed into the wall by the BMW number 25, the GTP car, for which the BMW got a drive-through penalty. Um, it was uh, a Brulee at the wheel, wasn't it? Uh, and he got that car back to the pit lane. It needed a little bit of remedial work, but not very much indeed. No, they were able to get that car out for the beginning of this session, so good work there by the uh, Kelly Moss with Riley team to get that car up and running again and uh, the, uh, the two Kelly Moss cars are towards the back in GGD at the moment but uh, there's still a, a lot, lot of lot of work to be done and you know you don't really know what program they're running whether they're concentrating on their race runs which I would think would be the, the uh, most likely at this stage in this session so not too worried about ultimate lap times uh, apparently the best of the Porsches is uh, Seb Prio, which is up to he's up towards the sharp end, fourth fastest in GTD in caliber 80, so right in the thick of the action there. Madison Snow has recently moved himself up to second position in GTD, and number one Paul Miller racing Lamborghini. That was uh, a few minutes ago. The one two minutes 04.6 for Snow, fastest time is 204.3. By Mike Skeen, number 32, Mercedes. New, chain, new fastest time in uh, LMP3. Garrett Grist in car number 30 has gone fastest. It was number 74 car that led the way. That's all of a sudden that's been bumped down to fourth position in that class. Garrett Grist fastest with a 158.0. Matthew Bell in number 13, AWA Duquesne at a 158.4 and then third fastest uh, fairly recently before handing the car back to Jerry Kraut uh, has been uh, Stephen, uh, excuse me, um, Scott Andrews in number 85. So he's third fastest now in LMP3. Change also in overall. Fourth fastest now, Pipa Durrani in the Cadillac car number 31. Uh. 149.7 for Pipo. 149. Three is the fastest time. That's 
by uh, Philip Albuquerque, wasn't it, a little while ago, I think. Yeah. Oops. Oops, indeed, Jeremy. That's a big oop. This is the kink again. It's Mike Skeen in the number 32. Caught off AMG, and he's done exactly the same. That's another run on at the kink. It's a red flag situation immediately. And again, as soon as you're on the yellow and red curbs there, you are lucky to get away with anything. There's a wheel and tyre come adrift again. And this will probably be all she wrote for the AM cars now um. by the time we get this cleared up. We've got about 10, 15 minutes to do that. But having said that, the track services and safety crews have been right on their game, as always, this weekend. Already arriving on the scene. One thing I do notice is that the track, um, the grass rather, is much, much drier than it was this morning. Um, that's the result of just having sunshine on it, even after the torrential rain we had. Mike's opened the door, and that's a good sign. And he's talking to the Road America safety crew and the AMR safety crew who have arrived. Left rear wheel and tyre is off the car. Also damage to the front of that car. Yeah. And the car's going to need a lift out of that. Uh, again, problem being that he's close to the concrete wall on the driver's side left. Now, there's a question for me as whether the loss of the left rear wheel is cause or effect. Mike's out of the car and he's done it without very much assistance. Just needed somebody to hold the door open, I think. In fact, I think they took the door off its hinges, just popped it straight up. And he's knocking the car out of gear so that they can try and move the car. Clearly Compass Mentis and helping the safety team to get the car into a situation. He's getting back into the car. So that, I think, tells you that he's fine. He's doing that to kick the car into neutral, I think. And he couldn't reach in and do that. I think he was trying to start the car, actually. Trying to start the car to get the engine running to kick it uh, into neutral, which I think he has done now. Done enough to get enough uh, charge into the system to do that. Yeah, he's... Good news. Uh, he's in the dead spot for the team radio there. Uh, so they'll be... Happy to know that Mike is out of the car as the AMR safety team go to work to get that car recovered. Make sure that uh, everything is okay under the hood. And another disruption, Jeremy, uh, the one of many well, today. And, and another guy who's been fastest as well. That's the, that's the amazing oh, that thing, is, really. That is the common goodness. denominator, isn't well, it? It is, the yeah. common factor. Two of the LMP2 cars, both fastest, the two TDS cars in their respective sessions. Very early it was this morning from the uh, number 35 car, but this afternoon it was, what, probably better part of 15 minutes, better part of 15 minutes into the session, and Stephen Thomas was leading away in car number 11 before that one crashed. Uh, and now Mike Skeen... Uh, has been he's been the fastest man through much of this session for Team Corner of Motorsports. A really really good run uh, for that team this weekend, and you know they, they they've been strong all season long. Uh, 
Uh, Mike Skeen had his uh, first uh, pole position last time out at Lime Rock. Had a, a really good qualifying run there. They, the, the race results they really probably deserve this season. They had another only a 10th place finish and a ninth in points table coming to this weekend. He's himself and Michael Grenier. But uh, it was a really good run by by uh, by that team to get the pole position last time out. They had a podium uh, the race before that, which was at Canadian Time and Sport Park. Mm. So, you know, they've, they've got uh, some really good pace in that car. But uh, no, no luck it seems. And I tell you, it's really unlike Mike Skeen to have any sort of an incident. Well, isn't it? so and, and that is the that is the other common yeah. factor, Jeremy. Yeah. That we are not talking about rookies here. Um, we've had some very experienced and very quick drivers who have gone off uh, in two or three places around the track. Now look, there's 14 corners here, so you know you can make a mistake anywhere. But uh, there, there has been a bit of a storyline here yeah. with drivers understeering, pushing off onto the, uh, the extremities of the circuit and they're not being able to get the car back. Experienced drivers, as I say. And that is something you don't expect to see. Now, we're hoping that the, the track is going to continue to evolve over the weekend and that by the time we get to Sunday that we'll have a slightly wider groove for the guys to have a go at the drivers to have a go at Ricky Taylor's Conica Minolta Acura is fastest the number 10 cars clocked a time of 149.363 and that's nearly three tenths of a second better than Augusto Farfus who did leave the standings BMW M Team RLL uh, really showing their credentials over the last couple of races and the last couple of tests as well, Jeremy, and that's very good news for them. They did seem to be on the back foot earlier on in the season, but they've they've turned it around in the the last couple of months or so. Yeah, I mean, the, the, uh, the last race for the GTP cars was at uh, Canadian Time Motorsport Park, where they that, that team actually struggled for pace there, but the, the race came to them in the late stages, uh, with a caution period, and they were able to get themselves up into a into a third place finish. It wasn't the really probably wasn't a third place car for them uh, at Canadian Time Motorsport Park, but again came away as you say came away with a really good result, and now just ten points behind Peter Durrani and Alexander Sims for the championship lead. So it's been a really really good season for that team. They had, uh, they've had uh, the win uh, plus two podium finishes. Uh, the win course came at Watkins Glen in the Salem six hours. Tremendous result for that team. It uh, they got the win after the uh, Porsche failed post-race technical inspection, mm. uh, and then uh, three other podium finishes alongside that. They were th third at uh, Sebring. Excuse me, second at Sebring. Second also at Long Beach. We had a really good run where Colin Felipe set the fastest lap of the race as well. And also that uh, third place finish last time out. So it's been a really, really good season. And right there in the points, that's the car that st certainly struggled most at the beginning of the year, uh, Daytona. But uh, it was that was also the car that probably had less, least test miles of all the GTPs coming into the first race of the season. And certainly in terms of trouble-free testing, because I think before that first round at Daytona, the car had never run for more than four hours without having some sort of a problem. But uh, they got through the, the Rolex 24, both cars. Well, one car had a fairly major problem, but 
uh, yeah, they, they both. It was a really productive weekend for them at Rolex Twenty Four, and since then, they've shown really good speed and continuing a fast pace of development. John, they will get some assistance as well in some respects because the European program yes. has now started, and Vonson Voss and WRT have been testing, uh, quietly testing away in Europe. They aren't going to do any WEC races this year. That isn't in the plan. Um, full season effort for the European side of the BMW thing at uh, starting next year. Right, OK, I think I can uh, answer the question about cause or effect on the team caught off left rear wheel. The whole drive shaft seems to be uh, gone on that. So I think that was a uh, percussion Impact injury for that car. Got to say, I'm very impressed with the amount of collector cars that I've seen around the area uh, of this race this weekend. Um, all the way uh, around Elkhart Lake on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, it's blue collector car plates in this area of the world. And, uh, saw a lovely Mustang as well down at Mayer's Supermarket. Uh, down in Sheboygan, and Porsches, various custom cars. Uh, Shit Adam uh, is down in the pit lane. We'll get to her in a moment. Five minutes left for the AM cars as the very sorry-looking caught-off AMG comes back, and that's major damage on the left rear. With the upright, I think, is gone there. Also, the drive shaft and... The door that has been taken off, that was to get access to Mike Skeen, the driver. Onboard camera still working um, from a rather elevated height on the back of the flatbed as it heads up the midway past the WeatherTech party deck and up towards Vendor Road, green flag, for the last uh, 20 minutes. So we will get five minutes for the AM cars. The, the doors on these cars, particularly with the GTD cars, uh, they are quick-release doors, so if you lift them straight up, they pop off the hinges for exactly that. A few issues a few years ago with, I think it was the Risi Ferrari, wasn't it, in GT Le Mans, where every time they dropped it down, um, and the M8 was similar, Cher reminds me, that every, it seemed like every time they dropped it off the jacks when they were in a pit stop, the door would pop off. They didn't have the door closed and latched if they were still doing something, which it was allowed. Um, it didn't take very much for the door to just pop off its hinges and fall on the floor. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, not great for the team, but good for comedy value. Going out pretty much all the cars now, including the black number 91. That is the Porsche of uh, the second Porsche for Kelly Moss with Riley. Alan Metney taking out that car. One of six cars in the uh, bronze driver cup in GTD. That's an initiative that's taken off. Inception Racing's McLaren, the AO Racing Porsche, along with Gradient Racing in the NSX, that number 91 car, as well as the 77 Wright Motorsport Porsche, 
and the number 92, Kelly Muscar as well. All listed with the B next to them on the timing screen. Yeah, the vast majority are out on track right now, and just a couple of, couple of minutes or so remaining, or three, maybe three minutes remaining now for the GTD cars and also the uh, LMP2s and 3s. Their session will remain will uh, end fairly shortly, so probably pretty time for another yeah, for a couple of laps at least. So something to be learned, I think, before they uh, will end their session. It'll be just the GTPs and the GTD Pros for the final 15 minutes of on-track action this evening. Lovely way to end the day. For some. Well. In terms of the weather, yeah. Yeah, gorgeous. And uh, as you say, there'll be a lot of work going on in various places this evening. Uh, for those of you watching, particularly in the UK at the moment, perhaps a welcome piece of sunshine. The weather hasn't been great the last few days. Uh, here, it's Kerry who has been looking after us today in our London main control room. And... Uh, Enjoying the sights and sounds with a bit of sunshine. Shadows lengthening on the middle straight between turns three through the King at four to turn five. Gaggler cars going through there at the moment, led by Alexis. And then it's the Corvette sitting in behind. Here comes the prototypes picking their way through the GTs. Uh, traffic is absolutely going to be on our Porsche keys to the race on Sunday. Every driver I've spoken to, I mean, I thought, I think everybody realised that it was going to be an issue, Jeremy, when you see 45, 46 cars on the starting list, but you don't really know what it's going to be like till you see them. This is a long track, and you might think, uh, you know, we've had more cars. We had uh, 47, didn't we, at... Uh, at Watkins Glen and I think these sessions have shown that it is going to be traffic management is going to be key but this is a record entry here the next best cheer was when and how many that would be 41 cars in 2016. We had 10 laps of caution during that race. I think we'll take that on Sunday. No doubt. At Limsa Radio, by the way, if you want to get in touch with us, nice to have your company uh, wherever you are, here in the US or further afield. Inside a minute now for the or well, less than a minute mm. for the yeah, virtual checkered flag for the GTD, LMP3 and LMP2. Yeah, a little bit disappointing there, lost a wee bit of time there at the start. It, it, it's just the way the cards fall. The two interruptions that we had were both, uh, both affected the am cars more it was in the first 15 minutes which is their solar session and then towards the end of the all skate so as i say they're perhaps a little more affected what we will see in the next uh, 14 minutes or thereabouts 
is the GTD Pros and the GTPs on track together. And yeah. that's a huge difference in how many cars are out on the circuit. Uh, we're expecting them to try and stretch their legs a little bit too, maybe doing some qualifying sims to get ready for uh, tomorrow's qualifying session. Qualifying sims are the order of the day. So getting ready for tomorrow's all-important qualifying session, which we'll have for you on the World Feed TV and on the audio, of course. And well, that's the only on-track session tomorrow, isn't it, for WeatherTech? Yes, it is. Yikes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Heart Racing with a quali sim about to start now for their number 23 car. Now, who did we put in that? Alex Riberas in that car. Thank you, Shit. Is it? All right. who qualified it last time on the pole position. And, and they are, and they do turn yeah. a turn about, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Also good to see the number 59 car out on track. Finally, that uh, we heard from Harry Ticknell bef right before we got going. And he was expecting to get back out on the racetrack, but uh, didn't. Uh, but now that car is... is Jimmy Bruni is at the wheel of it right now. It's down, just turned its sixth lap, and it's fast. It's not yet a representative lap for that car, but it is finally ahead of the, all the LMP3s and uh, able to get that Proton Racing, column 59, the Porsche 963, turning some proper lap times now. Yeah, it, it was out before the... Just did a two or three laps. Yeah, because so I, remember I remember talking about the, the livery on it, so yes. Yeah. But that hasn't been a happy session. Might be worth having a... Well, you know what? Uh, the number 59, it's that new car thing, isn't it? So they had a pretty good run at, uh, at Monza in the six hours there. So now the key is finding a wee bit of space to do your qualifying simulation and to try and work out what you need to do for tomorrow. Wait a minute, number 30 car's still out there. Shouldn't that be in the pits by now? Uh, I would have I would have thought so. Maybe just... Garrett Grist, this is, for Junior 3 Racing in the leash year. Uh, that is the fastest car in LMP3 at the moment. Now, the problem here is... Uh, they, they're under two minutes. They're 158-0. problem here is they might get a... a a park and hold, a hold penalty at the start of qualifying if he's gone past the checker more than the virtual checker more than once well look we've got we've got f 11 minutes for it, so it's been four minutes then since the oh. uh, virtual checkered flag came out bmw off track incident this time the, uh, the 25 again um that was connor de Filippi on an outlap and that was drum roll please and guess uh, on brand new tyres, uh, coming out of the carousel. The exit of the carousel is the new kink. And a wiggle under power through the exit of Canada Corner for Connor. He'll be trying to clean off those Michelin tyres. I say he'll probably stay out. It didn't look like he's done any damage. He goes through turn 14 and heads up. No. Oh, no, he's just waving left and right, trying to clean them off again. This this is a qualifying sim. Same happened this morning, didn't it? Yeah, for that exactly, yeah exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And we've seen it off at turn um, 
three as well. Three. That was the car yep. that just yep. missed the wall. They're running that car super low. Yeah. It's scraping the ground as it's weaving left and right down towards turn one. And remember the race victory taken away from Porsche number six at the last event for well, two races ago. Uh, two races yep. ago, excuse me. Yep. Yeah. For excessive wear on part of the underfloor plank. It wasn't much, but it was outside of the tolerance. And... Okay, seems a good lap times now. Pippa Durrani goes to the top. 148.724 for car number 31. It's new fastest time in this session. Matty Campbell also improves number seven Porsche. 149.7, so just about a second slower, but that car's best time of the day so far. Sheer Adam has Sebastian Bourdais in the pit lane with her. Is that, I mean, oh, like, okay, that was perfect timing as we came down <laughs> to it. So that was, I am presuming, a raggy old set of Michelins that have gone on that car for yep, Sebastian. Yep, exactly. No tire life left at, no. They are brand new. <laughs> they are shiny. They even have a little line down the middle uh, where uh, one of the stickers was peeled off. So Seb doesn't even have to do the hard work of getting the stickers off. He's getting a splash of fuel. Let's see how much this is going to be. Probably three laps, maybe four worth of uh, qualifying. But it lines up because Sebastian Bourdais has been the qualifier for the 0-1 all year. Yeah. Good point. Uh, it is, this is, if you are new to IMSA racing and particularly the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship um, and you think you're qualifying from other championships where uh, they go out and the first lap has to be the one off and off again for the BMW. Now, is that the same car or was that the, no, that was Colin Brown in the, Acura, my apologies. I just caught a glimpse of the blue on that car. And that was coming out of turn 13, the exit of the carousel. Just going back to my point, it will not be the first lap that will be the quickest here. It takes, even on a long circuit like this, I think it'll take one, possibly two preparation laps for the tyres yeah. before they go for a quick lap. So in qualifying tomorrow... You have to think of a qualifying run as something like an out lap, two prep laps and a quick lap. That's the sharp end of eight minutes that you're talking about. Uh, and, and then it might well be back into the pits for a new set of tyres, rinse and repeat. You are allowed now in GTP to take a second set of tyres. Shea Adam is watching who's getting new tyres with seven minutes to go. Stickers for Klaus Backler. It is his turn to qualify, the FAF Porsche. So I would expect we'll see the Austrian for his first time, well, second time this year, not coming to a new track. Well, it is a new track, but he tested here. About to see some new Michelins go on the number seven Porsche for Matty Campbell. And we had a very rapid Corvette racing stop, exactly what you would expect. They came in. They got Antonio Garcia out of the car. They got Jordan Taylor in the car. Jordan has stickers. He does love stickers. And he roared back into life on the track and definitely peeled those stickers off while doing so. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Shea. Shea Adam in the pit lane. She'll be back with us tomorrow. We're in the last six minutes. Hello to our audience next door in the BDO hospitality area, watching the timing and the screens. Also able to see what we're doing in the Global Broadcast Centre. And uh, 
will be awarding the BDO Nose Strategy Award on Sunday. Uh, listen out on IMSA Radio RS2 as we uh, discuss the thinking behind that and learn a little more about BDO uh, in between our live sessions for those of you listening on IMSA Radio. Did you mention that Jack Hawksworth had gone fastest in GTD Pro? I did uh, not. And faster even than the time that was said earlier by Mike Skeen. So the fastest of the GT cars is now the Vassar Sullivan Lexus car number 14, a 204.225. Uh, scratch that because Daniel <laughs> Junkadela has just heard a 204.183. And he's probably heading into turn one now. It was that, that, that you know, just moments ago there. So number 79, Mercedes now fastest. Uh, Peter Durrani did improve his time 48.600 for uh, Pipo. The fastest time this morning was 49.5. That was by uh, Sebastian Bourdais, I think, wasn't it? Right at the end of that session this morning. Mm. Uh, who set that time? No. Yes, yeah, Sebastian Bourdais. Uh, so uh, significantly quicker than that. Ricky Taylor has got within a couple of... T well, actually, just outside a couple of cents. But 205 behind Philip Eng in the BMW, 49.0 for him. Lap record pace, Jeremy, around here? Yeah, the uh, the qualifying lap record for the GT, uh, excuse me, DPI cars was a 48.7. So underneath that now is Pipo Durrani wow. with a 48.6. Wow, yeah. that's impressive. First time, yeah. I mean, we'll set whatever the time is. It'll be a lap record for this iteration of cars because yeah. we haven't had GTPs here. But... When we're measuring against the DPIs, uh, these new cars are heavier. They don't have quite as much rubber on the road. They uh, make their lap times in different ways. And crucially, they're in their first year of yeah. competition, whereas the DPIs had had six years of development. Yeah, I was talking to some of the BMW guys yesterday actually about that, about the development during this season. We talked about the fact that they struggled before Daytona in terms of reliability. Uh, and as a result of that, it, we were kind of on the back foot all the, all the way through, kind of, all through the weekend there. And I asked him, how much development, how much faster you, do you think you would go if you went back to Daytona now? And the answer was, question. yeah, the answer, I mean, they don't know for sure, but they're, they're thinking probably at least a couple of seconds. Wow. So, you know, they, they're certainly learning a lot about these cars. And, you know, for the first day here, okay, some of the teams have tested it, including that number 31 team they did test here a couple of weeks ago but uh, to be turning those sort of lap times on day one I think bodes well for some really interesting and fast lap times tomorrow on a track that was soaked last night so we are yeah, literally yeah. starting Good from point. you know back to square one in yeah. terms of the of the uh, track developing grip and pace and if it stays dry fingers crossed we have had a full dry day today um, oh, wow for those of you who aren't here at the track. Oh, wow, says Jeremy. Yeah, because, because Mike Rockefeller has just gone fourth fastest in the JDC uh, yellow submarine car. Brilliant effort by, by Rocky. He's just been eclipsed, however, by Nick Tandy oh. in the other Porsche. I think there he was probably instructing. You better get on this. We can't have the, the customer teams outpacing us. Uh, again. Connor de Filippi to second. So this is yes. this is a precursor to what oh, we're going to see tomorrow in BMW. You can follow along uh, for everybody. We've got the live World Feed TV. It's no blocks on that. No subscriptions required and no breaks either. IMSA.TV or via the live video tab at oh, imsaradio.com. This is great stuff. Yeah, people Durant has just got purple in sector 
two and goes faster again overall. Doesn't actually improve in sectors one or three, but he has improved his time. 148.436 now mm. for Pipa Durrani in caliber 31. Di Filippi, 148.7 in number 25 BMW. Uh, also improved Sebastian Bourdais last time around. He was purple in sector three, and he's also now gone purple in sector one on this next lap. There's a 49.0 for Seb on that last time around, but uh, clearly uh, that car is on, on pace at the moment. Absolutely perfect conditions. Track temperature yeah. 90 Fahrenheit. That's 32 Celsius in the air. It's 24 Celsius, that's 75. Maybe could do with being a couple of degrees or so cooler in the air, but that track temperature is right in the range for these uh, medium hot running tyres that all of the teams get. You do not get a choice of tyre compounds this weekend. Everybody's on the same one in GTP. And that's a very good point because when they tested here a couple of weeks ago, the BMW and the Cadillac number 31 car, they tried both cars, the both tyres, the, the oh, SMD and the uh, and the and the H and they've gone with the with the harder one here for this weekend that's the, that's the that's what Michelin decided to go with as a result of that test so as you say they're all on the same time so there is no choice for the teams to make there's a new fastest time it's Sebastian Bourdais oh. 148.187 for the Frenchman he wasn't wow wasn't quicker than his uh, previous uh, third sector but uh, purple in sector one personal best in sector two and that all adds up to 148.1 for Sebastian Bordeaux, so it's Cadillac 1-2 right now. How great is this from uh, Sebas? He struggled a little bit with the break-by-wire in the early part of the season. And everybody having to adapt to new things. And he is under the, under the most difficult of conditions. This is a simulated qualifying session on a track that at the moment is pretty much a one-groove test uh, track. The Michelin engineers have told us that the darker track surface does increase the track temperature, and that yeah. means the temperature profiles look different to what they've seen in the past. That's why they're on the MHT tyre this weekend, and Bordet has pulled it out again. Yeah, but uh, but Pipa Durrani got within 0 0.026 on that last lap, and he's just gone a little bit quicker through sector one as well. It's a short sector, the first one. It's uh, only down through really through turn one and down, down the hill, but uh, he's on a better lap again now. It's Pipa Durrani. See whether he completes it. I don't think Bordet is going to improve. He got a little bit of traffic in sector one and two. The chequered flag is in hand. Preston ready to wave that in his own inimitable way. It is in his left hand. Seabass with the gold-fronted Cadillac across the line. That was Nick Tandy. Doesn't improve. He was within a nuts of going quicker. Connor De Filippi does not improve. Mike Rockenfeller doesn't repeat JDC Miller Sports feet to being the fastest portion this morning. That goes Ooh. to Nick Tandy. Jordan Taylor goes to the top in GTD wow. Pro on the final lap. And Seabass has pitted. Pete Durrani then is the next car to come across yeah. the top of the hill. Actually, no, it's not. It's Ricky Taylor who'll come across the top. And then Pete Moore. Well, Taylor must have pitted. And Durrani goes to the top. Yeah. A 147. 986, that's the first sub 148 that we've seen. Ricky Taylor did indeed pit, so will not improve his 148.5 from the previous lap. Well, 
I think he said, what a qualifying session, because that's what we're watching there, Jeremy. Yeah. That is what they were setting up for tomorrow. Absolutely right. And uh, the, the old uh, DPI lap record won 48.7. The going back um, 15 years, Lucas Lure in the Audi R10 TDI uh, set the, the best qualifying lap but back then was a 146.9 wow, and that was average with speed. That was with boost turned up. Yeah, you name it, that had it. <laughs> Cubic dollars. Uh, uh, that average lap speed of 136.277 miles an hour 15 years ago, as you say, with a cubic dollars, cubic everything. The fastest race lap from that era was 148.7. So we're already three quarters of a second inside that uh, fastest race it was actually set by Marco Werner back in 2008 of course, of course it was Magic almost Marker. all of those uh, lap yes, records true. that we talk about uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Marco Werner not the uh, the youngest driver in the Audi team in those days but my goodness he could turn it on uh, great fella to spend some some time with I, I always think it's better looking at the um race lap records from that era because yeah. qualifying you were allowed to do different things with tires you were allowed to turn up the boost uh, and you didn't you, you wouldn't do that in the race these cars you don't have that luxury you basically race a car uh, you, you qualify the car maybe take a little bit of wing off you, obviously you've got less fuel in and you've got a brand new set of sticker michelin tires in your qualifying simulation as we've seen there or in qualifying but that's all there's no turning things up the, the boost that you get from the hybrid isn't an addition to your horsepower from the internal combustion engine it can only ever be at the maximum and it's how you combine those two and how you run the car sometimes you're using it to rotate the car with the extra torque on the rear wheels got to be really careful clever how you do this and the key thing about these gtp cars is although the battery pack and the hybrid mechanics are spec the software that controls them and integrates that with the car's internal combustion engine that is free and all of the gains that have been made um, I've read some great articles about this in race car engineering actually in the last few months um, but talk to the teams they are making huge performance and handling gains in that software and they can change that as much as they want they can fine-tune it as much as they want. Let's see if we can grab a quick interview down in the pit lane. If not, we'll just have a quick word with Shay before we sign off for the evening. I walked all the way down to Action Express to uh, see if I could find the Wayland Engineering driver, Alexander Sims. He had already walked back to the truck. Pip Adrani had just brought the car back. He's sitting inside doing a debrief. And now I am staring at the Corvette racing machine that went to the top of the charts on the end of that session. They're doing multiple pit stop practices. And now they're doing the driver change. All right, out gets Jordan. Let's see if maybe we can get him to uh, get his helmet off here fairly quickly. But we can have a chat until then, John. Good day for some teams, not so for another. We'll just wait to see if we can uh, do that. Uh, nope, keeping his helmet on. Okay, they're going to swap yep. back in the car. Yep, they're all going right. back and forth. Shea, we'll let you stand down. Uh, thank you very much indeed for all your hard work and to our colleagues from BSI uh, for the connections. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, team. Uh, whilst I'm saying thank you, thanks to everybody up at Charlotte for making sure we could see all around the circuit. A great job, as ever, by the tape apes today. Jeremy Sean, John Hindorf in the booth. It was Kerry Cobb back up in London in the MCR. And as ever, it was Eric and the team here who uh, filled in the gaps for us. Thank you very much indeed, gentlemen. And uh, we'll let you sign off the day uh, for those here 
at the track as we say goodbye on RS2, IMSA Radio, a full Super Saturday tomorrow. Practice and practice is done. Qualifying tomorrow for WeatherTech. We've got racing and we've got Michelin Pilot Challenge to come. It's a cracking day of action from America's National Park of Speed and it's all live here on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. This program is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.